hello. Welcome to the Kingsway Podcast. That's different. It's a new year. It is a new year. It's a new year. It's a new year. It's a new us. And us that's going to regularly post episodes. We are. It's a new year. It's a new year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know uh, for some of you, this holiday season probably felt like it went by in a blink of an eye. And for some of you, it felt like um, it drug its way through. Uh, Maybe uh, some sickness or maybe some in-laws that stayed one or two days too long. Mm -hmm. Or maybe some family members that... uh, uh, just made your life a little hectic or crazy, or maybe it just uh, was a little lonely and didn't have as many people around as you wanted. Sometimes the holiday season can be a little yeah. complicated. Maybe it was perfect, and you feel guilty about how perfect it that, was. You know what? There maybe are those people out there. There those are unicorns. those people. <laughs> I'd love to meet one. Uh, maybe, maybe your family was bored and weird, or maybe mm-hmm. you played games. And uh, what's your as classic much game? As- what's your classic game at Christmas time? Quick, 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 quick thought. So, uh, games with our friends, uh-huh. newer board games and card games and stuff like that. No classic games though. Like, uh, games with my parents. Uh-huh. Five years ago, it would have just been card games, okay. like Dirty Seven and Spades and whatever. So we play Farkle. Yeah, Farkle is like the number one game. Like, yeah, gets aggressive. I'm slowly introducing my parents to new games, like King of Tokyo. Okay. Which is, uh, it's a dice game, mm-hmm. but it's like Godzilla and King Kong and a giant space penguin all fighting <laughs> for fame and control of Tokyo. Yep. Uh, I have played that with you. It's pretty short. It's like 20 some yeah. minutes. Depends on how aggressive everybody comment, is. Comment what your game is. Is it yeah. uh, spades? Is it, is it Yahtzee? Is it, uh, are you, are you cynical and crazy and you play Monopoly as a family? Are you demented? And is it betrayal on the house on the hill? Yep. Um, demented's mm. too strong. Adventurous. Or are you like hardcore? <laughs> like you're playing like like Risk or like what's oh, yeah. the other one that like everybody likes to play? Uh, Catan. Settlers. Settlers. Of Catan. Catan. Like oh great games. Great games. One thousand uh, expandable things. It's ridiculous. For it. uh, Cities and Knights is my favorite. Yep. Um, but yeah, when I was growing up, we'd go to my grandparents' house for like 10 or more days mm-hmm. and you really got past the time over yeah, 10 days yeah. with somebody. So that's where I saw extended edition Lord of the Rings on VHS, two tapes. Uh, that's where I saw uh, most of MacGyver and that's where I played risk and the games would usually cross from one day into another. Oh, I, I used to play risk with some friends on the old school board with the actual yeah. like cannons and cannons and the horses. Yes. And, the, and like, yeah. And it took, and it would literally, we'd have to like save it in his closet and then Take come back and play it, it like later yeah. because it was, we couldn't, yeah. it was, it was always like we were stuck in Egypt, like, like that Eastern Europe. Yeah. And yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. nobody's stalemate. Like, who's you're gonna back go? to do a corner. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's what I'd suggest though. If you're looking for a new game for your family for next uh, holiday season, don't pick Mario Party. If you want to love your family, if you want to come back, don't pick Mario Party. <laughs> do you want people to like each other still? And when want- you steal somebody's star to win, you're doing it at the expense of all love you had for that person and that they had for you. Yeah. It's like so sacrificing leave just leave their it. happiness for yours. Yeah. You see, <laughs> Mario Party, those two words, Mario's fun, parties are fun. Mario Party is vicious. <laughs> well, 
I don't know uh, if this was the intro we had planned, but it's the intro you got. Yeah. Um, we wanted to do uh, yeah. kind of like a, a quick catch up. We know it's been a little bit of time since the since you since you've seen us and that we've been on here. And part of I think part of what I think we wanted this new year to be, and why we've had a change up of our set. If you're watching on YouTube, yeah, um, and a change up of you in our intro is we're trying to talk about uh, New Year's resolutions yeah. and changes. It's new kind Year, of New Me. New Year, New Me. Um, and uh, <laughs> I I was talking to Ryan before we came on the air. Before we came on the air. Like, we're on the air broadcasting right now live. We are traveling through clouds. <laughs> it's a little turbulence right now. Before we got on, that, that there is uh, there's this stipulation, I think, of, of people have two kind of concrete views about New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And... They maybe have floated back between them, or maybe they've just landed in a camp, and that's where they've stayed for a very long time. Um, one is uh, the rare person that I think loves New Year's resolutions yeah. and just sees them as, like, great great catalysts and opportunities yeah. and has had success with them. Another call to a tough victory this year <laughs> yep. that I will totally accomplish. And then there's a much larger camp, <laughs> a, much, yes. a, much, a much more cynical camp, that is in the uh, I will never do one. I, I don't do them. I tried once. And or I'll I, do it for two weeks and mm, joke about it. Yep. But I won't really think that I'll ever succeed. Yeah. And um, Or I have to pick something small enough to win at. Yeah. And so it's not even really that big of a change. I And, and what I, you know, as somebody that I think um, likes challenging myself, likes seeing myself get pushed, um, but also not like being forced to do it or yeah. like being manipulated don't to tell do it. Me. Don't you tell me. Like I wouldn't do it on my own terms. Don't you ever put me in a situation. I've had a very love-hate relationship with New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Because there's been times where like I've just decided and I've just like crushed it. Um, yeah. I had a year where I didn't drink calories, not a single calorie in a whole year. I had black coffee, unsweet tea, and water a whole year. And I went cold turkey off of, like, sodas and alcohol and, like, everything mm -hmm. for a whole year. And that's probably been eight, eight or nine years ago. And I remember, like, being like, I have that? Like, I have that superpower? Like, I can I do that anytime I know I, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the following, like, maybe three or four years ago, I did no pizza for January. <laughs> it was that's the amazing. hardest thing I have ever done. And then I immediately went and visited my brother in February to New York, yeah, and I had 17 slices of pizza on one weekend. <laughs> I was like, I like, broke that. That's great. And I remember thinking I was going to go longer. Like, I was like, I'll go a whole year without pizza. And I was like, nope, I am going January because we planned this trip, and I am not going yeah. to New York City and not having pizza. <laughs> um, so let me just, I guess, here, leave a comment. Uh, I want to know what you guys' thoughts are. Maybe uh, send Ryan a vicious email of why this yeah. is a – an unnecessary attack on your lack of drive for um, uh, New Year's resolutions because we're about to open the can and mm -hmm. talk about this. Yeah, every time I think about uh, New Year's resolutions, I think about that uh, scene from The Office where Ryan is like, uh, he's he's trying to be a new person. Mm -hmm. But what he's doing is just saying, the old me hurt all you guys and committed those crimes. Mm -hmm. I can't blame the new me for it. and just like, like weaseling his way out of consequences yeah. and uh so he like makes kevin super mad about it and kevin microwaves his sunglasses <laughs> and melts them they're like 
they're like Vipers or Ray-Bans or something, <laughs> something pricey. And he's like, sorry, the old Kevin did that. And I can't be responsible <laughs> for what the old Kevin did. And he's just like so grumpy about it. That's so good. Well, and I think this is, uh, this is an attempt at a healthy conversation. Yeah. There are a around, bunch of bad ways to there's do it. A, and I really, I hope that that's what this is because we are starting and we just started a new series. If you're watching this up to date when this comes out, um, or listening, or listening. Um, we just we just started a new series called Lynchpins, and it's a attempt on Sundays to start a conversation around some small changes that can lead to big uh, connections impact. with God or big impacts with God. And so it's the spiritual side of thing. But before I make that that real connection to the spiritual side, I want to talk about what I've learned and what I've seen and what I feel like is is helpful um, when people grow. Um, yeah. And really what I feel like New Year's resolutions are about is growth. And that's why sometimes it's hard because I think the older they get, you realize the harder it is to grow. We get kind of stuck in our ways. Um, growth comes through like pain and consequence. Like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done that. Or like I shouldn't yeah. have gone to Verizon and trusted everything they said because they <laughs> lie sometimes. The prices went up and, and, when uh, they said the they wouldn't. Whatever. whatever. And so, or, you know, you, you put the wrong tires on. You forget to rotate the tires. You Whatever lessons you learn, they seem to come through pain and consequence of like, oh, I'm ignorance, misinformation, laziness, whatever. I, I feel like the older you go, the more you're just like riding the wave of growth, not actually intentionally choosing paths of growth. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like for just a few minutes, I want to have a conversation around why I think New Year's resolutions have a place in growth. Not the only place, but I think they have a place. And I, I think what you also mean is like specific ways to approach it, yeah. not blanket all, all the ways of approaching a New Year's resolution or all resolutions are Equally no. good and valid and helpful. And I have like three thoughts in this, um, and I'll make them all up as I go. I'm just kidding. Uh, Great. The first one is why I think a New Year's resolution or a season of intentional growth is important is because it forces evaluation. Yeah. It forces you to have to take inventory of where you're at and where you'd like to be. Um, and if I'm being honest, that can that can that process can be overlooked. Um, neglected or not even done because of the pace of life, because of how yeah. quick things go, and because of how there's always an excuse. There's always a reason to go, well, this is the best I can do and move on. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a perfectionist by by trade. I'm not. I'm the type of person that rolls with the punches. Um, my wife had to drive my car yesterday, and she called me and said, you are disgusting because my car's gross. It's yeah. just I haven't I haven't done anything. It's cold. I don't like getting the trash out when it's freezing. So it just sits on the passenger floorboards. And she just she's like, "You're disgusting. Why did I marry you?" And I'm like, "I know." I like I had to just fully be like, "You're absolutely right," yeah. um, uh, and rethink my life. No, reevaluate everything. But there are areas in our life that are like that that yeah. we've just learned to deal with. We've learned to just it's part of who we are. It's it's not something we're going to choose yeah. to move into. Do you feel that though? In that oh, idea? absolutely. That's why I loved. Uh, what you preached on what day is it Tuesday right now when we're mm -hmm. recording. That's why I love what you preached on two days ago, uh, silence and making space for God, because I am a workaholic, the son of a workaholic, uh, love <laughs> married you, someone who loves married the somebody too. whose parents and family are so hardworking. 
Yep. Hardworking sounds like a positive, and workaholic sounds like a negative. What is the difference? So <laughs> boundaries. <laughs> yes. Um, but like we both come from some uh, families with workaholic tendencies. Yeah. Let's say it that way. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so like I can find myself uh, going full days, if not a week or more without stopping to think about something. It's always just, there are no wants, there are only needs. Yep. Every step I take is to put out a different fire somewhere. Yep. And I don't even have kids. Yeah. I have the <laughs> most chill dog in the world. Um, yep. What, like, I but know, I can man. still, we, we value busyness and we see it as a sign of honor. Ah, oh, so busy this weekend. Why do we feel better about that person and not like, like, why didn't you just not, why didn't you just like delegate? Why didn't you make time to rest? We just like have this innate honor for somebody who's busy. But, but even for me, like you were talking about one of the application points was uh, how many of you have to drive 20 or more minutes to your work? I just found time for you to spend with God. <laughs> and, and I am a habitual time filler with podcasts uh, with, Marco Polo's mm-hmm. just sending short little videos, yeah. me and my friends and whatever, talking about stuff, um, music, whatever. I I will ritually and at all moments, if I don't intentionally try to not do this, I will fill every waking moment with content. Yep. With either doing something or intaking listening to something. Yep. When, and one one sign that you're this way is can you eat a meal without listening to or watching something? Uh without whatever can you drive without listening to or watching something hopefully not watching something uh, if the fbi is listening but uh <laughs> i mean that's i mean that's the truth and i guess that's why yeah. that reevaluation process is um important yeah um so inside that evaluation process i want i want to do that what you just did it's breaking down the issue so here's the thing when you're reevaluating don't chase after the negative symptoms try to figure out what the root of the issue is so when i try to keep myself busy all the time and i struggle to slow down too i am the type of person that is trying to squeeze every bit of fun out of the day and i will try to do that in in food in in entertainment in uh, comfort uh, yeah. Whatever it is, I will try to squeeze every little. Fun. And so, if I have to do hard things in between those hard things, I am trying to fit fun into my yeah. day. Um, and I recognize what that fun is: is it's a lack of fulfillment in the hard things, and it's a lack of feeling like the hard things are actually worth it. And so, I have to find worth yes. and value in my day outside of those hard things. And so, yeah. if I recognize that, so what I'm really looking for is to be confirmed that what I'm doing is good and that what I'm doing is worth it. Yeah. And I'm distracting myself from feeling that or not feeling it. So with the evaluation process, then it yeah. gets back to like, do I trust that God might have something to say in between the hard things I have to do in my yeah. day that could bring, even during. Even during. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna have a few book recommendations during yep. this. But one, uh for doing the hard things, for self evaluation, for all these things, is a short like 50 page approximately, maybe a hundred at the worst, depending on the copy you get a short book uh, from the middle ages, I think, or something like that called practicing the presence of God by brother Lawrence. 
Mm. It's the story of this pretty unknown monk. Yeah, Mm. pretty unknown Christian monk in a monastery. And he wasn't high on the totem pole. So some of his, the way monks work is they pray at least three times a day, if not eight, uh, following the daily office. And uh, and so he would do his eight times of prayer a day. And then monasteries where monks go and live would also do chores to keep up the monastery and then do labor to produce stuff to pay for the monastery to uh, pay for the food they're getting and the whatever. So a lot of monasteries were known for like brewing alcohol and making mead and whatever (laughs) and, uh, and making uh, clothing and making whatever. Um, But, but brother Lawrence, his chore was doing the dishes. And so he didn't write this book, but other people noticed and read his journal and diary and, and like had conversations with him and wrote those down and whatever and compiled this little book of his life talking to God while doing the dishes. He was like, I get to spend intentional uninterrupted prayer time eight times a day praying to God, but I, I want to obey and I actually find joy in obeying First Thessalonians ooh, 5, 16 or 17. Pray, so, pray, pray, continue, pray continuously. continuously. Yeah. He was like, I don't have to be reciting a prayer. I don't have to be on my knees or hands folded or eyes closed. I can just talk to God all day long. Yep. And so I'll do it while I'm washing the dishes. And I, that's one of my favorite places to talk to God. Yeah. It's while washing the dishes. And the way he reframes the his whole life, uh, number one, is is maybe achieving some resolution that a monk yeah. would want to have eight times a day is not enough prayer for me. <laughs> but number two is like, I'm not going to go on autopilot. I'm actually going to look for God all the time and find God... Uh, find little like pockets of joy from the Lord yep. in some of the most menial, seemingly useless tasks, not useless, but just like grueling and, and yeah. yeah. So the, the first thing is evaluate. Do yeah. do the second thing I would say is actually setting a goal. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by that is tangible concrete and, a lot of times when we do an evaluation, we go like, wow, I'm unhealthy. I need to get healthy. Yeah. And that's the goal. And that's a horrible goal. It's a great goal on the surface, but really. It's a noble cause. It's a noble goal. It's a noble cause. But it's a bad but goal. What is, what is, that's a great destination. Yeah. But how do you get there is the steps are the goals. Like you have yeah. to take the next step. So what I mean by that is if you're like, I want to lose weight. You're like, I want to be 200 pounds. I want to be 150 pounds. Cool. What's your goal for this week? <laughs> you yeah. Know I mean? Like, what's your goal yeah. for tomorrow? Um, and we, we know that's true, but like when you set um, a New Year's resolution, oftentimes people are just like, I want to quit this. I want to stop that. I want yeah. to don't do this. I want to start that. But they don't actually have a tangible way of measuring it. And so what I mean by that is like, say I want to drink soda twice a week, not zero. I want to I want to do a daily devotional once a week and I'm going to do it on Tuesdays. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. like I want to start praying with God and guess what? My my trip on Friday home from work will be without any entertainment because I know yeah. the rest of that night's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to see family, I'm going to go on a date or whatever, but my trip home from work on Fridays is straight just listening to God or my trip into work on Mondays is always going to be this, yeah. this, and this. 
Um, and and trying trying to set it that tangibly. If you're trying to get to a physical place like training or or health or diet, like I think setting a literal calorie goal for a day, not what you eat, just calories is so much healthier than just like, I'm not going to eat any sweets and I'm not going to eat any pizza and I'm not going to eat it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like set the calorie goal. You can lose weight eating any item as long as you stay underneath the calorie goal. Now there's healthier along the way, but if you just did that, that would actually just go to the gym. Just enter the gym. Enter the gym for the first two weeks. Um, You know, I'm not a professional trainer, but every time I get asked because of some of the journey that I've been physically, I have the same advice to people, the same exact advice. If you want to get healthy as a person, here's the four steps in just physically that I would tell you. The first, track your calories for a week. Eat everything you normally eat. Track your calories, how much you actually eat. Number two, hit a protein goal. How much protein? I promise that is going to be the key to feeling full and actually changing your diet. You'll eat less junk. You'll eat better good stuff if you just eat a protein goal. Third week, just go to the gym and eat whatever you want. <laughs> and every day, just go to the gym, walk, do whatever you want. Weight, I think weightlifting is the best option. There's lots of programs out there you don't need to look at. Yeah. And then the last one is combine it all. Stay under a calorie deficit or stay inside your calorie goal. Eat, eat, the, eat a certain grams of protein, work out every day, try it for a week and see if it doesn't make you feel better. And if you did that for a month, you would have you'd have four different weeks of experiences, and then you could combine and figure out: Do I want to do this three days a week? Do I want to do it? Yeah, and that's all it takes. Spiritually, it's this exact same way. Yeah. It's yeah. the exact same way. Track how much you actually read and pray. Don't change anything. The next, guess what? Read a certain number of verses in a week, in a day. Just read ten verses a day. That's your that's your verse goal. <laughs> the next, and maybe even make it like. The thing you enjoy the most. Read yes. 10 stories from the Gospels. Yes. That are more than two verses. And then guess what? The next week is pray. Listen. Like work that muscle of listening as much as learning. I believe yeah. listening from the advocate, the Holy Spirit, is actually probably a primary muscle that we keep as a secondary often, where we like go mm. and try to head knowledge ourselves. And then when we can't get it figured out in our head, we're like, well, I guess we'll go to the Holy Spirit and see if he's got any thoughts. And I'm yeah. like, ah, I think that's backwards a lot yeah. of times. And so it's like, put that in. And then the last, just like put it all into practice. Like go through your normal day, eat your, eat your verses, listen and learn. And then guess what? I think your spiritual life would just improve, but you need tangible goals yeah. in order to do that. Um, so that's number two. You, you feel that process? Whenever I've had, like, whenever I even quit drinking uh, calories, um, the goal the goal was I can drink these three things. The yeah. goal was not I can't drink all of that. The goal was I can have them. And guess what? I had black coffee with a cinnamon roll a lot, but it wasn't breaking my goal. It was, that was my new normal. And guess what? Then I didn't get a cinnamon roll every time. And it wasn't because I didn't want a cinnamon roll. It was because I liked the black coffee better than I normally did. And it was just setting a tangible thing where you're not being so hard on yourself and you're not tearing yourself down because you're not reaching the mountaintop. And the first week of doing it really starts to help you feel successful. this is a video game analogy, so I know you'll appreciate oh, it. Oh, I love it so we much. We may have a bunch of people who won't get this. Hopefully mm-hmm. enough of you will, even if it's just like a phone game. Even like like a bunch of Tetris apps and other stuff like that will try to do this to you. Um, but there's a thing in video games nowadays, including okay. phone games, whatever, called DLC, downloadable content. 
And it is a cheat almost all the time. (laughs) It's usually that you could earn something the normal way or you could play the game the normal way. But if you just give us $15, you can earn this thing earlier than if you would have just worked for it. And a lot of people, I bet, when they first hear the linchpins thing or the or the motto, or whatever, they're like, "Okay, these are the three silver bullets that yep. will help me spend fifteen dollars to get the th- the stuff." Yep. Even even again on like a Tetris or a or a Sudoku app, it's like, "Oh, you need more uh, hints. Give us ten dollars, and we'll give you a hundred hints yep. in Sudoku." <laughs> it's like, how about you just slow down? And play it the normal way. I bet. I bet people when they heard linchpins, at least the first time, at least for a moment, were like, "These are three silver bullets." Yep. If I just mm-hmm. uh, lean more on my left foot, then prayer and Bible. Yeah. And it, no, it's like these are the three factors you need to invest in, and it might cost you some struggle and some effort. And that's I think. But just investing in the right yeah. places mm-hmm. rather than here's the cheat. And I think this leans in so where you're like setting the table up for me, and yeah. I love it because. The last the one, the last one that I want to say that you know, the first one is evaluate. The second one is have a goal that's tangible, concrete, and have steps to get there. And steps, oh wait, yeah. One more thing I want to say before that, yeah, which is just another example of this. Um, I don't know how true this is. I I heard it somewhere. Some I'm, point. Sure it was, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's 100 very true. true. Very true. Um, don't there was a guy in the comments who was running marathons mm-hmm. and was like stepped into the marathon scene, not super well known. And then just started beating everybody. And they, I think he's from Japan maybe, and they asked him how he did it and they tracked him and whatever. And he said, I'll go to the place where the marathon is held, the exact route. And instead of the, how, how long is the marathon? 26.2 miles. Instead mile. of my goal being 26.2 miles, I will find at every turn, every half mile, a marker. So I will have f- for pretty mile markers and instead of thinking I have to get 20 more miles he'll think I have to just get another half mile he'll get to that marker and then he'll think I just have to get another half mile to this next one yeah and he sets 54 55 if you round up Mm. 55 goals to get the same place that other people would set one goal for or two the water in the middle or whatever he would set 55 goals and like the brain science behind that, he would be able to run so much further and faster without the like dread of how far he had to go. Yeah, dude. And so here's, here's the, here's the thing that everybody, this is going to be one, one of the most powerful things if you implement it and trust it. And it is also one of the most simplistic things to overlook. And it is also one of the hardest things to trust. So if you're going to reevaluate, and you're going to actually take an inventory of yourself and you're going to recognize there's some growth that needs to not just be found in, in the yeah. randomness of life, but actually intentionally pursued. And then you're going to make tangible goals, set them at an appropriate level that can be reached so that it can reinforce to the next one. The thing you have to do is do it consistently. Yeah. And there is no cheat code for that. Yeah. There's no way around that. There's no way to get the results of it without it. And I know that's always the hardest thing when you start because you're like, I don't know, I did it yesterday, but can I do it today? And I'm telling you, the rewards on the other side of consistency 
are the game changers. They are the thing that you're looking for. They're the results you're seeking. They don't come any other way because transformation takes consistency. It takes you walking out your goals tangibly over time to see the changes that you wanted when you reevaluated. And if you want what other people have, you have to do what it takes to get where other people are. Um, and I know I've seen that in the gym constantly when people are come up and they're like, how did you lose, you know, 80 pounds? And they're looking for the linchpin. They're yeah. like, what did you do? And I'm like, where do you give the $15? I've been here on New Year's. I've been here on Christmas Day. I've been here on Thanksgiving. I've yeah. been here on my birthday. Like, yeah. I go every day and I'm not waking up looking for an excuse. I'm actually sad when I don't get to go. Yeah. And it's not because I'm some gym bro now. It's because that has become a part of who I am. It's changed into who I am. So I don't go for the results. I go because that's how I see myself. And I, I know that's like a, a physical example, but it's the same way spiritual. You want to treat people more kindly? You want to yeah. be nicer? Get God in your life. That's yeah. the fruits of the Spirit. Like <laughs> I, I didn't mention this to you, and I should have, and I want to send you the whole thing. I'm not going to mention the comedian's name. <laughs> yeah. He used to be a, a Christian. He used to be a youth pastor. Yep. I know you're um, And uh, he was on a podcast recently with some other comedians who I don't think have ever really been in church or Christians in, in any <laughs> identity way. And he was talking about his experience with the evangelical church and all this. And honestly, most like the church across all time. Yeah. Um, but like that's specifically where he was. And he said the thing that threw him out of the church for a long time. And now I, I can't really tell, but I think he's got some, Oh yeah. He's shaky, reformed, not reformed, but like, mm-hmm. like uh, deconstructed, reconstructed spirituality is he said that, uh, people see the fruit from truly holy people, the fruit, like the fruit of the spirit the fruit from being with the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And they see the fruit as the thing that keeps them inside the church. Yep. The thing that keeps them from getting kicked out. So they just approach the fruit, uh, less desire mm-hmm. to like be an alcoholic yep. and, and numb the pain that way. Uh, less like material desires and whatever. They still have those. They just lie about them. And they try to yeah. cover themselves in the fruit like Adam covered him and Eve covered themselves with the fig leaves. If I just cover up my truly wicked heart and mind with this fruit that I just yeah. acquired, then I'll be a good Christian. That, that Jesus just wants me to stop doing all the bad stuff. And he said, that's the reason that Christians seem phony. is not because like... like they are really spiritual, but you know they're so much different than the world. He said there are there are some people like that, but most of them are just like hiding their true intentions and their real humanity, the way God made them, and the real sinful state they're in. They're just hiding that with good fruit that they and and it's like fake good fruit. Too. Oh yeah, it's like spray painted cardboard good fruit. So that's that's how it feels when you go to the gym, Ryan, and yeah, you go, and and you you wear the gym stuff and you do all the gym stuff. But then you you don't lift anything. Yeah. You don't actually work out. Or you do all that just to walk on the treadmill, no incline for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and then go home. Well, but then you then you can tell everybody you went to the gym. Yeah. 
and then you can cover up that you didn't really Those do anything. About the yeah, you didn't do anything. Yeah. And I think in my mind with a diet, it's the same thing. Take a picture of what you say you're eating, but then you just go into the other room and you eat whatever you want. Um, you know, what we're talking about in linchpins is very similar. It's At about this, inner transformation. Yes. And I think I, is uh, one, and of I, the, the, one of the things I started with was talking about this idea in Timothy where it's like physical training is good, but godliness is actually something that transfers to every area of your life. We're trying to be godly. And that word godly is what I was breaking down. And so, so what he's yeah. talking about as well, it's we think godliness is I have to put on the God stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like I got to yeah. do the God list in order to look godly. And the truth of it is no, godly only comes from being in godly presence. Yeah. Being in his presence is what ends up ch- changing yeah. us. Have you ever hung out with somebody that is richer than you, healthier than you, smarter than you? Have you ever hung out with somebody that has a better marriage than you do and is a little bit further ahead of you in life and wisdom? Yeah. What happens? You are elevated. You grow. You are challenged. You are forced to evaluate. You can feel insecure and you yeah. can recognize I don't know as much. It is infinitely more when we spend time with God. And the growth process, though it is challenging and convicting, it is so beneficial for every part of our life to spend time with God. And I think one of the linchpins to spending time with God, yes, all the stuff you've said, you've mentioned today on this podcast, all the stuff you've mentioned and you are going to mention in the series, one of the linchpins is knowing, especially with God, we can know this as a fact, that he is not keeping a list of wrongs like Santa Claus. No. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. He he does. All that's yep. literally true. But that's not who he is. He didn't send Jesus to die for you so you can make sure to know how bad you are and that he's <laughs> so mad at you. Yep. And so, like, for some of us, it's just, like, bad habits, bad time-keeping, time management, bad whatever. But... On top of that, for a lot of us, it's like, I bet God would be upset if I came back right now. Yeah. He'd be like, where have you been? So why, I have, why didn't you care before? What's, oh, like, yeah. Like, you're still the same. So you, I haven't even talked about this yet, Ryan. Yeah. But I want to share it with you because I think this is what we're talking about this week in consistency. I don't want to spoil yeah. the whole thing. but You're good. I have had a statement or word that I've kind of had at the center of my life for the last two years. I'd, I'd not really done it before then. I'd had some yeah. times where like I've had a verse. Um, so two years ago, it was selfish. And it was selfish in the sense of like um, giving yourself permission to be a little selfish to get healthy. And it was like choosing to not put other people's needs above the need for myself to grow and be healthy. Because you can use other people's um, needs as an excuse to stay unhealthy if you're not careful. And I just had watched myself kind of break myself over COVID and with three kids. And I just took a deep evaluation and I went, I have to get healthy and it's going to cost, but I'm going to pay the cost and it's going to, I'm going to be a little selfish. Now I balanced that out with last year with gratitude and selflessness. So just to be (laughs) clear, I I got to the end of the year where I was like, yeah, I can't really do that every year. More selfish. Going to have to be uh, some balance. And so this last year was just this dedicated selflessness, trying as much as I could, not succeeding all the time. And then being grateful for what I had and right, trying to keep that. So this year, it's just interesting that you just shared what you just said um, because the statement that has just stayed at the center of my life is uh, for the first few weeks has been 
um, you are unconditionally loved right where you're at. Mm -hmm. But I will never leave you there. And so the thought is I have to get alone with God so that I feel that again right where I'm at and then help myself understand how he's trying to lead me out of where I really am in every area of my life. And I think that has been a comforting thing where resting with God first is just being met where we're at. Like that's the truth of being alone with God is like we can take the leaves off. We can, we can be naked yeah. again and be, and be vulnerable and, and he doesn't run away and yeah. he's not scared. And, um, and then too, he makes a way for us to, to find our way back and to read, you know, and that, that concept I think is yeah. such a repeatable thing that are needed repeatable concept. I've heard the phrase, if people knew who I really was, mm-hmm. they wouldn't stick around Yep. so many times yep. in the past couple of years as a pastor. Also, I've said it. Yep. <laughs> I'm not like, yep. <laughs> I'm not holier I'm than thou. I'm just the loudest learner. That's what I said. <laughs> just the, the loudest, loudest learner. learner. That's all it is. Oh man. my gosh. That reminds me. I'm going to tell the podcast right now, <laughs> even though I've told you before. But your oldest son, Jace, came into my office like a couple months ago and was just like asking a bunch of random questions. What are all these? Have you read all these books? And and uh, what do you do? Like, what do you do all week and whatever? And then <laughs> out of nowhere, it was like, <laughs> I bet my dad earned so much more money than you do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's because he's in charge because he he uh, yells at people on Sunday morning. <laughs> Bits important yelling. And I was like... <laughs> Yeah, I bet. In my mind, I'm like, uh, in the the childish mind, I'm like, son, you don't get into ministry for money. That is not the calling. He doesn't feel the Legos that as he's stepping on them, he's pushing into my back. back. I'm like, hey. Well, I love love the perspective Uh, of a child. It's like they're they're awesome observer, horrible interpreters. Like that's an awesome awesome observer, horrible interpreter. He does really important yelling. It's yeah, so good. I had somebody come up on Sunday. I was like, "Why aren't you Pastor Trevor here?" Like, I, you came from a denomination where that was really yeah. popular. I was like, "I don't really need that at all. I don't never wanted that." And and uh, he's like, "So why don't you?" I was like, "Well, I, I really, when I read the Bible, I feel like we're all supposed to be pastors. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to elevate." And I said, "And then it, maybe it's a horrible quote, but General Patton used to say, if you have to give if you have to give the soldiers your rank, you're not really a leader.'" And yeah. so I'm like, if people don't know I'm leading, then I'm probably just not leading very well. But if they know I'm yeah. the leader, then I'm, I feel like I'm, that's kind of like confirmation. Yeah. I don't need to declare my title all the time. Yeah. And that was when I said, when I said, and truly, I just feel like I'm just the loudest learner in the room. So they let me talk. <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's what that's just the loudest. Learner. I, this is such a sidetrack. I'm not going to spend almost any time on it, but I just had a conversation with somebody. We were talking about uh, denominations and high denominations and old ones with a uh-huh. bunch of ranks and a bunch yep. of titles and whatever. And uh, that this specific denomination talks about how Peter was the first one with the highest leader title in the church. And I was like, maybe, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like any of the apostles in the New Testament are throwing around a title. The only time it comes up is when other people are throwing around a title yep. and putting super in front of it. In uh, Second Corinthians, super and, apostles. and Paul's like, "I have so much more claim to this than you," and I'm only saying this 
because you're trying to claim it. But all of our claims are we saw Jesus, not we went to the best school and we did the best stuff and whatever. He's like, we're the most broken. We've been beat up the most times and we saw Jesus in person. That's, that's our, our qualification. That's our qualification. What's yours? <laughs> You're good at talking? Get out of here. <laughs> anyway, that's none that's of that mattered to the content of this well, episode. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. And if you've stuck around this long, Mom, I'm so proud of you. And yep. uh, Cold start. <laughs> I know that it can be challenging to start something new and, and to change. And I know that for many of you that are listening and watching, um, I hope you'll take on a challenge of at least doing some evaluation of giving a chance to say, is there a tangible, concrete goal? And maybe fighting through what what feels like a hard thing, but trusting consistency to bring yeah. change. Uh, I have two more book recommendations. Yeah. If you feel lost, or if you feel like, I don't even know what goal, or if you feel like my life is a dumpster fire, um, some places you can go. Uh, number one, a book that's been on our back shelf for a long time, uh, John Mark Comer, The Ruthless mm. Elimination of Hurry. This is him uh, taking a phrase from Dallas Willard, who's a big psychology, spirituality guy. Yep. May he rest in peace. Um, uh, and just talking about how the hurry in your life is the enemy of your soul. It's keeping you bound in habits and following leaders that aren't good. So your emotions, uh, you've said this a bunch, your emotions are good uh, motivators, good motivators terrible. but terrible leaders. Yep. Stuff like that. If you feel like you're in that camp, like or in my camp, all day is spent taking steps towards the next fire I need to put out. That's a beautiful Right book. here, The Ruthless yep. Elim- Elimination of and Hurry by John Mark Comer. And there's another book by John uh, Ortberg. Soul Keeping. Soul Keeping. That yeah. is similar to that. My um, father-in-law loves that book, so, and I need to read it. And then uh, John Mark Comer's new book just Practicing came out. Practicing the Way. Practicing the Way. So, I'm getting in the mail pretty soon. It literally got it because it's unaudible, so yeah, it came through. Yes, I'm fascinated. Um, <laughs> one other one. If you're like, mm-hmm. how do I start a habit? How do I make a habit and keep a habit? Mm-hmm. There's a really good book called Your Future Self Will Thank You. Yep. Uh, something about the Bible and brain science is the subtitle. By a guy named Drew Dick, D-Y-C-K. Mm-hmm. Sound, just sounds profane, but that's his real name. Uh, and yeah. it's a really, really good entry level you don't have to be a scientist kind of book to to read and to again not hacking the system not not cheating not yeah. the dlc model of of human growth but like things that seem to have payoff with consistency and and making space for god and the other stuff we're talking about i uh, i have one more book that i could recommend and yeah. it's called the power of habit and it's by a guy named Charles Dunhig. And mm-hmm. it's not a Christian book, but it's talking about the neuroscience and the plasticity of the brain and how to actually start a yeah. new habit and giving you mile markers of like three days, 10 days, 21 days, and like recognizing yeah. like how to break a habit, how to start a new one. And it, yeah. it, it's a really, really, really good, uh, very uh, easy read and fun, fun book because okay. a lot of studies and cool stuff in there. Yeah. So, yeah. There's uh, other books we can mention, a bunch by Dr. Jim Wilder, who's mm-hmm. a neurotheologian. Yep. It's pretty much everything we've been talking about. It's brain science and theology and all that and whatever. Um, anyway, but 
Yeah, maybe you want maybe any of that. Send New us Year's a comment. Reading. Yep, send a comment or whatever. There's lots of podcasts out there. There's there's incredible yeah. resources. Um, again, lean into the Holy Spirit. Make room. I think that is important. Yeah, evaluate with that voice in your head that loves you unconditionally, just doesn't want to leave you there, and uh, let that uh, baby step, uh, that little tangible thing, get in your brain, and then just do it consistently and watch God bring the change. So, yep. Hey, uh, thanks so much for listening. And again, we will be back around here in a couple weeks. And yeah. uh, uh, New Year, New Us, right? New Year, New Us. Why new not? Table. Why not us? Yeah. Why not? We could. We could do it. <laughs> Have a great and glorious day in the Lord. We'll see you later. See ya. See ya.